and welcome to Belong to Come Be Sent. Uh, my name is Noel Mash, and today we don't have Dodger Vaughn with us. So that's no. the saddest thing ever, kind of. He's at a Ohio Teens for Christ planning meeting. But today, to fill in for him, we've got Noah Mulvaney. What's up? <laughs> Would you like to introduce <laughs> yourself a little bit? I'm Noah. Great. Um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm Noah Mulvaney. I am the Associate Minister for Reach Out on Campus. I am from Tennessee. Used to work for missions organization called Crossroads Missions. That's where I met Dodger and Rock. And then Dodger asked me to come up here, and now I'm back. Well, the I've been back for like history. a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then again with us today, we have Evan Lynch. What up? Who was our rock intern. Yep, that's me. And then Emily Slee. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about temptation. Yep. And that comes by way of a request from one of our campers, but I don't know his name. Dodger does. So <laughs> sorry. Thank you for the request, though. I want to say it was Wyatt, but I'm not sure. Do you remember? I don't actually uh, know I can't why. Remember that, I don't think. Um, oh, so yeah, I remember why. <laughs> so um, for temptation, we actually talked about this a couple weeks ago in men's Bible study. It was we're going through a study called "The Making of a Man." It's by Tim Brown, who's a Heisman Trophy winner. He went to Notre Dame, played in the NFL with the L.A. Raiders. Um, really successful guy, but. Um, he always tried to keep God first in his life, and it's really cool, like, the, the insights he has, like, because, I mean, you guys can think about being an NFL player. He was awarded all these different temptations. He had opportunities to sin a lot. I mean, he lived in Los Angeles, too, whenever it was, like, booming and all that, and mm-hmm. um, he had all these different things to share about, like, where he struggled, um, different temptations he came across just in his football career and all that came with the success of that. Um, I thought it was really cool, like, um, the guys talking about how we can relate to him because they are they are very similar struggles. Um, even with college students in Ohio and a guy who lived in Los Angeles and was a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, so to start out, I think we should, or I like to ask the room, what is temptation? And then what is temptation for you personally? Not like what you struggle with, but like what is temptation for you? Like how does it, how does Satan tempt you in different ways well I guess <laughs> I'll go first um, I think there's a difference between sin and temptation that we need to look at here because you, you have temptation and that is you're not failing when you're being tempted I mean Jesus was tempted all his life but he was still perfect mm-hmm. so I think when we look at temptation it's more of a it's more just uh, you look at you, you see something and you want to do it, but you know you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So you just don't because you know it's wrong. So I mean that, and I feel like for me personally, Satan really just puts thoughts in your head, and it could be whether you're just walking through, like walking in the street one day and you see something that you know is wrong, but you get tempted, and he'll just plot like pull or put a thought into your brain and tell you to do something you shouldn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's it's definitely a trial, and it, it's you getting an opportunity to, to do one, the right thing or the wrong thing. I think it's very clear that that's what temptation is mm-hmm. because, I don't know, just in my own past, it's like, man, I could have made the right decision there, and I failed over and over and over again. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like choices that you mull over, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like the good and the bad, and 
what you what we choose. Yeah, like anytime your conscience kicks in, you yeah. know, like I feel kind of guilty just thinking about doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I think that's when I know I'm being tempted about something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, um, like Evan said, it's important to know that temptation is not sin. Jesus was tempted. Um, there and there is a good difference between that. I think we're given that opportunity to do right whenever we are tempted. Um, so it's not inherently, I mean, it is bad, but it's bad to succumb to it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so n- the next question, are you more likely to sin when alone or when with certain people? So I guess I should say, are you more vulnerable to, t- to temptation when you are alone or when you are with certain people? And I think it, ver- it varies on the type of person you are. Yeah. I think it also varies in the situation, too. Like, there's certain things that I'm more likely to be tempted yeah. by when I'm alone, mm-hmm. and then also more things, like we were talking about before this, um, like, um, what were we talking about? Like, talking about other people. What were we talking about? Oh, gossip. Oh, gossip. Gossiping, gossip. Yeah. yeah. You're more likely to gossip around other people. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, things like that. It's a different situation, mm-hmm. I think. I think I get more tempted around people, though, than alone. That's different for me, because for me, it's when I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, certain groups of people. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I um, I noticed in my life that I had to back away from certain people because yeah. it was just so easy to get tempted around them. Mm-hmm. But also, I do get really. It is really easy to get tempted by yourself. So yes. I think, mm-hmm. I agree with the whole situational case by case thing. I mean, mm-hmm. there's always going to be a time when you're tempted, and I think it just depends on the. T- the certain type of sin or temptation that you go through. Yeah, I agree completely with the situational thing. Um, Like, whenever I was in high school, I hung out with the wrong crowd. It Mm -hmm. was not a good situation. I just didn't realize it. And um, I think at that point in life, you're just like, I'm going to make my own decisions and whatever. I'm like, you're so stuck on you want to be right that you don't want to get out of it. And that's Mm -hmm. where I was. And it was like, I'm sticking with these people, even if it is obviously bad for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good way to gauge like your type of friends around you. If you feel like you're getting tempted a lot and they're mm-hmm. not helping you in those situations, then maybe you need to take a step back and reevaluate those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. One of my actually one of my really good friends <coughs> from high school told me, um, like he was pretty accountable with me, and he told me you will always be the average of your friends. You'll um, you might not be the worst of the worst, but you won't be the best of the best. But you'll be the average of them, and that I think that applies to whatever temptation you're doing, whatever sin you're in. Like you're gonna go along you're going to go with the flow and whatever they're doing too mm-hmm. um you're not going to exclude yourself from that mm-hmm. so um do you guys give into peer pressure hmm. <sighs> and i think peer pressure i think it's changed mm-hmm. since i was younger even in like college um it was easier to give into peer pressure because i think whenever you're in college you kind of like you want people to like you like it it's the whole leaving community thing. You want to make friends. You want to be in a group. You don't want to be alone. We've talked about that before. Um, man wasn't created to be alone. But, like, giving into peer pressure is an easy way to, I don't know, in our minds we kind of justify that people will like me if I go do this with them. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's like, um, I think, in the, especially college, in the beginning, I was more likely to give in to peer pressure in the beginning, like you were saying, just to make friends or fit in. And I think I was really lucky, though, because I met really good people in the beginning, right off the bat, and they didn't like feel the need to peer pressure me. So I think that was good, and I've stuck with those people since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I feel the same way because in college I got into a group of friends and they're like my brothers, basically my sisters um, throughout college. But the more throughout college we went, the more we just started seeing differences like in our views of this world and of Christianity and stuff. And it's like they don't peer pressure me to do anything, but they still do things that I know I shouldn't. And they completely agree or they completely understand when I don't want to do those things. But at the same time, when I do hang out with them, you just feel that social pressure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like they don't they don't care whether you do it or not. And you're grateful for that. And and I still love them for that. But at the same time, it's like you feel like you're out of place when you're doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think whenever we think of peer pressure or like whenever I was like in middle school and high school, I always thought of peer pressure, like somebody telling me I'm a nerd for not doing something <laughs> or I'm dorky or whatever. But it's not that. It's the not wanting to feel secluded. It's the mm-hmm. not wanting to be the outcast or whatever it might be. That's what yeah. peer pressure is. I guess for me, like when I think of peer pressure, I think of someone like actually pressuring me to do something. Mm-hmm. But those are the situations where usually I don't give in. So like things like gossip where I don't sometimes I don't realize I'm doing it until like later that's still peer pressure because like someone has started it or I've started it but mostly it's like when someone else has started it, I'm like yes and I like feed into that and it's kind of like a peer pressure that you don't realize is happening mm-hmm. all right so to continue on that when are you most vulnerable and I don't I mean this in like a mental or spiritual sense not like a physical sense so when where are you mentally like when is that when are you the most vulnerable then is it whenever you're stressed out is it whenever um i don't know like we can just go from there or like tired or uh really happy like you just don't want you want to keep riding that high when when is that for you guys i think for me it's when um i'm really stressed out and busy me too because i want like anything to make me not stressed out or something and i'll I don't know, that's that's definitely when I'm more vulnerable because my, my brain's constantly thinking about something else other mm-hmm. than, like, I'm not thinking about, like, my relationship with God, and I think that's what makes you less vulnerable in those situations. Yeah. I think I'm the complete opposite. It's when I'm not stressed. Or, I mean, not to say stressed as in I can't function, mm-hmm. but when I'm not constantly thinking or... I think one big thing for me is when I wake up in the morning, I don't get up. I'm, I'm lazy. <laughs> so it's like I, I need to be structured and I need to be able to wake up. And I think a big thing is getting up and really just making that decision to follow God no matter what you go through in that day. And it's a day-by-day thing. It's mm-hmm. not just you say it once and you're done. It's but almost like an hour-by-hour thing, especially yeah. like in college and stuff, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, sometimes it feels minute by minute. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, it's just like I need to – I feel like every time you wake up and you start – you just focus yourself on God real quick, then that's when you don't feel as vulnerable. But it still happens, of course. But it's like, yeah. I think for me, it's it goes back to that situational thing. Um I struggle with different things at different points. Like if I wake up and I'm in a bad mood, um, I'll be struggling with just negative talk, um, just having negative opinions of people, just being ticked off, um, and that's not good. 
And then like if I'm feeling lonely or whatever it might be, then obviously that can go into different temptations. Um, and then like stressed out, like I feel like uh, Brooke talked about it this past weekend at um, OVCA. Like whenever we're stressed out, we want to we want to fix that. Like we our body realizes we need to go back to the status quo and we want to fix that. And that's whenever like I get really gluttonous. Like I just start eating everything. Um, whenever I'm stressed out because, um, yeah, because I want to eat everything or whatever. I don't know. I lost where I was going with that. But um, you gonna go? I told I said that mine was like when I was stressed out too. But like. Um when I think about that, I think it's because <clears throat> when I'm stressed out, I don't like to think about anything. And so then I, like, don't think about the decisions that I'm making, and that's kind of, like, a temptation to, like, do things that I wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we're going to talk about physically. Where are you most likely to feel tempted? Is it at home? Is it in classes? Is it at your job or somewhere else? Like, anywhere. Where, where else – would it be? Is it the rock house? Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't really know if I have a specific place where I'm most likely to feel tempted. I don't. I don't think I have that one place where it's usually like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go here because it's all the time. I mm-hmm. just feel like I need to do this. Um, it's definitely situational whenever I am. Yeah. I can tell you where I'm. There's a specific place where I'm not tempted as <laughs> easily. Yeah. I would say, like, going off of what you're saying, like. Honestly, and this may sound like cheesy or whatever, but it's it's the truth and it is very important to do is when you surround yourself by Christians. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like don't surround yourself with other people, but like you notice a difference. Mm-hmm. You notice yeah. your focus is on God when you are surrounded by Christians, even if you're just doing nothing, like just hanging out. Yeah. It's just a lot easier there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like mine's more more likely to feel tempted around certain people than other people yeah not mm-hmm. really like places mm-hmm. yeah. mine's probably in my car because like when i'm mulling over my day and like like i have struggled with lying in the past and like i struggle with like thinking about like lies that like potentially i might say and usually it's just a temptation i don't fall into it anymore but like i think about it a lot in my car um, especially like when I'm stressed and I could give myself excuses and I could tell people excuses and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think right now I can't think of one um, in this moment, but back whenever I, I was in high school, I had this one friend and like um, he lived with just his mom and she was out of town for work all the time. And like you can imagine like a bunch of teenage boys, we got up to stupid stuff at that house and that was the place to go do stupid things because um, we wouldn't get caught or anything like that. We wouldn't have to deal with adults. Um, so thinking back, like that was definitely a place like I should have avoided um, more. So what are some of your excuses for sinning? Do you ever justify it or does it just like happen? Is it you just like realize in the aftermath like, oh, that just happened and I didn't even realize that it was happening? Uh, we talked about this at the Bivens Bible study and this was – this is probably my biggest excuse, which is, yeah, it's not good by any means, but um, it, we're, we're saved by grace, so mm-hmm. he's forgiven us already, so why not do it? Yeah, so, yeah, like, to get into that, like, do you ever justify it by saying, like, everybody's doing it, no one's perfect, God will forgive me, so I might as well do it, like, I can ask for forgiveness later. Is that where you're going from? I, I yes, that's exactly right, I mean... 
we we know that sin is bad, but at the same time, it's like we have this past where God has forgiven all our sins in the past and all our sins in the future, but that doesn't give us the right to do it. Um, I like to think of Romans 6 when we um, it says we are dead to sin, so we are saved by grace, so sin won't abound no more. That's a paraphrase. Don't you could check that for me? <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I'm always saying like, well, everybody's doing it, and I, I think mm-hmm. that's mainly the one I use, trying to justify it. I think everybody justifies it though. Yeah, especially oh, things yeah. that you struggle with long, mm-hmm. like for a long time. I think you try to justify those things more. Mm-hmm. 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 Or like, yeah, sorry. yeah, than something that like just happens. Yeah, like it was just one time, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mine's probably, like, the sins I struggle with are things that, like, in the fleeting moment, I'm like, this will make my life easier. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'll ask for forgiveness for it later. But, like, yeah, it's a big struggle. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, whenever I lived in New Orleans, like, like there's obviously, like, even here, there's people in the community that you look up to. Like, Dodger's pro- probably one of those people for you guys. Um, and, like, seeing people like that I'm not saying Dodger does but like I would look to people and I would see like they might be doing something and it's like well I can do it if they're doing it Mm -hmm. you know um and that's I mean that's a struggle for me like because I don't want to come around the rock house and like be dealing with a temptation or something like that and then fail and then have somebody see that in the community and be like well Noah's doing this so I can do it you know um so you have to be on guard for that but there is this guy I can't remember his name and it's probably good because I don't need to say it on a podcast but um, he taught and like he tried to rationalize different sins because the Bible in his opinion was not very clear on it and I just remember thinking like this dude was somebody I respected so much like he taught really great lessons and like knew the Bible like the back of his hand um, but he like he started justifying these things that my whole life I've been told is wrong and I don't know, it's a struggle for me whenever somebody you respect so much um, starts doing those things that you know in your heart's wrong. Yeah. Um, you know in your conscience it's wrong. Like, I think there's there's a realization that sin is wrong. Even if we don't have to be shown the verse or whatever it is from the Bible, we have that realization. I think that's a good example of uh, even when you're old and, like, older, not old, but, like, <laughs> probably... I mean, definitely. Dodger's going to listen to this and he's going to hear you call <laughs> Well, you better listen, Dodger. You better hear this too. But um, it's it's a good example to know that sin will, or temptation will never stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's just proof that Satan keeps working on you, which exactly. I mean, it's a little bit discouraging, but it's also for me, and this was something I realized um, whenever I was coming up with these questions, like it's almost comforting that. Uh, Satan doesn't have a change in battle plan for me. Like, it's the same thing over and over. Like, I've looked Mm -hmm. back on my life, and it's like, yeah, the temptation's changed, the sin has changed, uh, physical location has changed, but, like, back in my head, like, this is so similar. Like, the question that I'm presented with is so similar to what I dealt with in the past. And it's like, I don't know, it's kind of comforting me to be like, come on, man, like, do better than that. Mm -hmm. That is very encouraging just to hear that, just because, like, it's Satan when you, when Satan stops is when you know you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. and that's what I've always like held on to is when when he's stopping, you know you're doing something wrong and you need to fix your life. Yeah. So it's like it's it's just really encouraging to hear yeah. that. All right. 
Um, do you guys realize that you are rebelling against God when you give in to temptation? I would say, yeah. Most of the time, I'm like, I feel it. I'm like, God damn it. But. So you feel that guilt? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would say sometimes I don't realize it until later. I'm like, oh, wow, I need to stop doing that because it's not a good situation to be in. Like, I could be doing something and then later feel guilty about it, not while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing because, like, um, I notice that when I'm getting tempted, it's like, don't do it, Evan. You know you don't want to do it. So it's like, but but at the same time, it is tempting to do it. But it's just like, it's it's been hard for me to realize that because we have that grace and we know that God will always love us, it is kind of hard sometimes to realize, you know, we are doing something wrong against God because he loves us so much. Why would he? But then we then we need to think about, like, what sin is and how bad and how evil it is. And then that makes me realize that, yeah, I am rebelling against God. Yeah. I, I think and hear me out on this, I think guilt gets a bad rap a lot of the time. I think we're supposed to feel guilt over things. I think Mm -hmm. we're supposed to feel bad whenever we mess up like that because that's going to provoke us to do better in the future. I Mm -hmm. think it's bad whenever we start feeling shame and we start, like, feeling disgusted with ourselves Mm -hmm. too much to to where the point, like, we don't, we give up. Like, we don't want to better ourselves. It's just like, ah, this is the way I'm at. This is the way I am. This is the way I'll continue to be. I think that's bad. Shame Mm -hmm. is bad. Um, but feeling guilt, I think, can help. Um, it's, there's different motivators for different people. Um, and I mean, I talked, this is a little bit off track, but I talked about this with somebody yesterday. Um, like, feeling guilt helps me do a lot better, but then sometimes being encouraged helps other people. Like, people are motivated by different things. Mm-hmm. And I think it gets really bad, like, going off that when you don't feel that guilt and you're just numb to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very scary that that scares me to feel numb to something that we know is wrong because I mean um, we see things in this world that we that we know is sin and we know is awful and we're just like oh it just happens well that that scares me to feel numb to that yeah it whenever you start feeling numb to temptation like you succumb to it easier and easier mm-hmm. every time mm-hmm. and it kind of just builds until you don't even realize it yeah um, what is your thought process before you give in to temptation, before you sin? What are your first steps, and how can you avoid taking them? So kind of put yourself in that mode of, like, wherever it is that you're dealing with temptation, whatever mindset. Like, I, I can't make you guys feel stressed right now unless I start, like, stabbing you. But um, think about it. Like, put yourself in your own shoes whenever you're being tempted. Um, what is your thought process? I think first i i start trying to justify it mm-hmm. yep. uh, that's definitely the first step for me and i usually don't realize it but i think I, I just need to be more mindful of if i am justifying a situation it probably means it's something i shouldn't be doing because mm-hmm. if you don't have to justify things that it's okay <coughs> to do or that that's good to do you shouldn't have to justify those things mm-hmm. and so the bad things need to be justified and i just need to be more mindful of that i guess mm-hmm I think for me, um, I've kind of trained myself a little bit. I mean, I'm not perfect. I fail all the time. 
But whenever I'm struggling with something like that, um, I've trained myself to like grab my phone and start calling somebody that I was in, I've been in an accountability group or my parents or somebody I trust enough to be like, who can I talk to right now to get my mind off of this thing? <laughs> Whatever it is. Like, and I've, like, I've realized, I've caught myself in like, I'm in the middle of like calling somebody and it's like, why am I doing this? And like, sometimes I hang up and sometimes I don't and you deal with it. Um, but that's what I do. Like, I, I don't know. I think you have to have a plan. And you have to have you have to create that plan, not whenever you're being tempted. You have to create it outside of that mindset. Mm-hmm. I, I think a big thing for me is uh, making that plan because I do well based off plans. Um, maybe it's uh, before I go to bed, leave my phone out somewhere else, so I'm just there and I'm not looking at it or anything. Because I mean, who knows? Temptation can come from your phones. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I, I guess my thing is just remembering, like, I don't want to do this. And that's like, before I'm tempted, that's the mindset I try to have going in everywhere. It's just like, what is worth doing and what is not worth it? And sin is definitely not worth what God has. So it's like, that's my thing is just putting myself in that mindset before I even get tempted I think I'm kind of the same as you and then like when I'm like really getting tempted like I thought about this like since I was little I'm like a big what would Jesus do kind of person and then I like think I have like a lot of thoughts where I'm like Jesus is sitting next to me and the thing that I'm gonna do would he be happy if I was doing it (laughs) and it like it just makes me sad so that's when I'm like, if I'm sad because Jesus is sitting here beside me, I should not do this. Mm-hmm. So I had, <laughs> that just reminded me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this, like a note app on my phone. It's where I write grocery lists. I have all these different notes from sermons. I have my personal records for weightlifting on here. It's just a <laughs> very useful app. Google Keep, ad for them. <laughs> no free ads. But, um, <laughs> But I have a pinned note at the top, and it says, slavery of sin is not worth the love of sin. And then um, underneath it, I can't remember who's it, who it's from, but it's from ser- some sermon I heard. It says, would God be okay with this excuse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually that answer is no. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever excuse, whatever justification I'm giving, is, is God going to be okay with this? Probably not. So I just realized that whenever you were saying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you made a good point with you need to have people mm. like that can hold you accountable and you're comfortable being accountable with mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot of people like they say oh I'm just really introverted I don't really talk to people about those kind of things but it's going through stuff like this you can't do on your own and I think when you're on your own with it is when you get numb and when you get comfortable and when mm-hmm. you're like oh I can keep doing this because you don't have that person that can call you out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think having um one, somebody who's more mature than you, maybe somebody who's been through some of the things you've been through, um, and then also having someone who has really good discernment, who can identify, hey, what you're thinking right now, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not of God. It's not, it's not you. Like, you shouldn't be feeling this way. That's, like, totally unrelated. And, like, it's good to have somebody point that out to you sometimes whenever you are, because you get confused sometimes about what you're thinking. Um, the devil can lead you astray and take you down a path where you don't even realize what you're doing Mm -hmm. did it take you a while to get like to that mindset of 
I should ask for somebody's help like immediately when I'm into this situation because like it's my last resort to go to somebody about something like this oh like I was horrible like it it took years and I'm still struggling with it like I still fail all the time but I think like like Emily said like you have to have somebody you trust like I I say like I trust this person like I trust Alex like you know him I trust Alex more than I trust my own judgment Mm -hmm. in in everything because I just know the things he's been through I know how much love he has for me Mm -hmm. I could say the same thing about Dodger like this person who loves me so much like I'm just gonna put my faith in them because Mm -hmm. whatever they're gonna decide is probably probably gonna be a better option than what I have at this moment yeah Um, do you guys believe that God allows you to be tempted only within the limits that he knows you can bear? Yes, but like that he knows I can bear alongside of him, mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. me personally, mm-hmm. us together. I, I think I, I think it's very true that he does not let us get tempted. I mean, there... I, I can't exactly remember the verse. And yeah, I, 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 I mean, I can read it. I've got it ready. Okay, go it, ahead and read it. It's 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. It says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, mm-hmm. the escape that you may be able to endure it. I think it's tough to realize sometimes that God provides ways out. Yeah. And I think it's sometimes not as obvious as we... We think it like sometimes we're like, well, you didn't in make my friends call me and invite me over to their house, you know. Like sometimes we make up excuses like that whenever the way out of temptation was just closing the laptop or not being stressed out, not going and buying thirty dollars worth of groceries that's going to make you fat or whatever it is. <laughs> um, I think the ways of escape are a little bit more simple than we sometimes like like to believe. Mm-hmm. I think I struggle with like I do believe. I do believe that I struggle with remembering it, like especially when something gets tough. I'm like, well, I don't know why. I don't think I can deal with this, but you just have to constantly remind yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think like sometimes we forget like we have feet and we can get up and walk away from yeah. the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if God provides a way out, why do we often so? Why do we give in so often? Part of me wants to say human nature, because like yeah. we're just naturally proud people, and we don't want to, we don't want to <coughs> say like, "Oh, I'm doing something wrong," so we'll just stay with what we're doing and just keep going. And going off the pride thing, I think it's like we don't want to, we we want to say that we know what's better mm-hmm. than God, uh, which we yeah. of course know it's not better than what God says, but um. I think that I can take comfort in that sometimes because I know it, it makes me realize that, oh, we aren't, we're, we're sinners, of course, but sin is not who we are. We're not, it's our actions that define us. So we can choose to do something else and choose that better life. We just got to get over that pride. Mm-hmm. I think what comes with pride is control too. Like you, you feel in control and you don't mm-hmm. want to give control to somebody else because yeah. it's your life and what oh, you want to yeah. do. And it's hard to give that to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's been a theme throughout a lot of the podcasts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think when you give in so much, it becomes like a, a comfortable way of life. And then you don't even look for the escape or you don't realize that there is one. That you don't even realize that it's a sin anymore. Like the numb thing we were talking about. 
that's a very I like the way you put that because it's like if you look at the opposite when you come in when you become comfortable giving your life up to God Mm -hmm. it just becomes easy and everything natural and Mm -hmm. honestly that was something uh, that happened to me the other day I kind of felt like there was a part of my life that was giving up to God and it was kind of natural and it's like crap am I not being real here but at the (laughs) same time it's like yeah you are so Mm -hmm. I think we do that in different parts of our lives. I think um, we don't realize, like, man, I gave this to him. Why can't I give this other thing to him, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about, were you here last week? Mm-hmm. Compartmentalizing things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so the last question, and it's a big one. Um, did you ever consider that after we commit a sin, Satan wants us to feel so guilty that we alienate ourselves from God? And when we alienate ourselves from God, it will produce spiritual spiritual death, the same kind of spiritual death that James talked about in James 2, 26. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So, like, you guys realize, like, whenever you sin and you start feeling guilty about it and then you alienate, like, that's what Satan wants us to do. He, He doesn't want us to run away to God or go talk to somebody that we trust or something like that. He wants us to alienate because I think that that produces that numbness like that produces like oh like i i am worthless in this moment mm-hmm. um i don't deserve a better way kind of deal so do you guys ever feel that whenever you just got doing a sin or whatever you were doing <laughs> i don't know yeah. <laughs> doing a sin all <laughs> the time <laughs> yeah because then like you stop thinking about the grace that god can give you and you start feeling shame mm-hmm. and then it's like why would God want to take me back now that I've done this? Mm-hmm. And then you alienate yourself because you're like, now I'm alone because I- I've done this thing. And yeah. Yeah, we start feeding into those lies. Like, why would God want anything to do with yeah. me? And that's straight from Satan. Like, yeah. it's tough to realize in that moment, but it is. Like, why Why would he want anything to do with me? Like, I keep screwing up. Mm-hmm. He, there's no way he could want something like this, mm-hmm. you know? I guess I never considered that, too. I always just considered it like, oh, Satan wants us to sin. And I never thought about what happens after. Mm-hmm. It's kind of eye-opening, actually. I think, like, going off of that, we uh, really matters what we do after it. Because if we just sit there and wallow in self-pity, then we're not going to ever get out of self-pity, and we're going to yeah. keep going into that hole even more and more. But really just running to God. even Like, God is there like a father. He is our father, so it's like we can run to him when we mess up. Mm-hmm. I think it comes back to repenting, too. Like we were talking about last week, like if you you can feel bad about it and say sorry, but if you don't say you're going to change your actions, then you'll still be alienated. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're not trying to change. You're mm-hmm. just sitting there still and yep. the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. so that's... That's all I've got on temptation. Um, I don't know how you guys usually yeah. transition into um, next. <clears throat> so, like Dodger usually says, we can sit here and talk all day, and like usually, like our thoughts come from Bible. Um, but we want to go back to Scripture. So um, Noah has provided us with a few scriptures to go back to, and we're going to read them. Then we're going to give some thoughts on them. Um, so yeah. So who wants to start with James? Mm, yep, that's me. Cool. All right. This is James one one through fifteen. Right. Okay. So it starts out with saying, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, (coughs) greetings. 
Counting all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flowers, it flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the count of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So that's... <clears throat> Sorry. So, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Noelle made me sick. Um, <laughs> wow. But um, like I think the good title for that ver- or those that phrase um, is the testing of your faith. Um, and Brooke talked about that this past weekend. At the very beginning, at the beginning of verse two, it says, "Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds." And like my mindset with that is, count it all joy. Like be happy that you're being tempted, and that's just so like oh man, how could I ever get to the point where I'm happy that I'm being tempted, you know? But I think it's kind of like kind of like you're going in for a big game and it's like, I'm, I'm getting ready, like I'm getting hyped up because mm-hmm. I, I can overcome this tough thing or whatever it is. I yeah. think that's kind of where he's going from. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, I get stressed when I get tempted because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to fail. Yeah. But, but I, the part that stood out to me the most was uh, doubting. Like when you doubt, like you're testing your faith, when you're getting put through those temptations, it, it says that the man who doubts the power is like a sea, like a rough sea. So that just really stood out to me in that part. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I'm going to read Psalm 141, verses 3 and 4. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart incline to any evil to busy myself with wicked deeds in company with men who work iniquity and let me not eat of their delicacies. Um, So we were talking a little bit about this beforehand. This kind of (coughs) like goes back to um, gossiping and it's kind of like a prayer that he's saying to God, like, please help me to get through this to um, keep watch over the door of my lips and not incline my heart to any evil. Um, I think that's something we should keep in mind and things that we should pray over like that. to not even get the temptation for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it's tough to overcome the temptation to, to gossip because, like, like y- you guys said earlier, it's like we don't even realize it sometimes. Yeah. Um, and like, just to get a little bit of Hebrew in here, lashon hara is evil speak, and we've talked about that a lot. Um, and it, it's tough to realize how, how bad evil speak or how bad gossip really is. Like how much it hurts people in the moment like you don't even realize you're talking about somebody and like it's just curiosity to know what's going on in somebody's life and it hurts it hurts i think everybody's experienced 
that a little bit to where like, mm-hmm. man, I can't believe these people are talking behind my back about this thing that like I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you don't know anybody's situation or anything like that. Like they could be struggling huge with it and you're judging them based off this single moment in their life to where like everything could be going wrong with them and you're judging them based off their whole past and you're like, they should be doing better than that or whatever you're saying about them. But it's tough to realize that, like how easy it is to get into gossip. And it's like you have to remember it usually starts with somebody telling somebody that they need help in in confidence. Yep. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it just like trickles from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think the, it's important to realize the purpose behind it is sometimes like it does start off good and it, it they're trying to make better of the situation but then like the purpose changes once it gets passed mm-hmm. on it gets passed on like oh like what's going on with them yeah. um, and it turns into wrongful talk yeah um, I've got the last verse verses it's from Proverbs 22 5 through 6 <clears throat> it says thorns and snares are in the way of the crooked Whoever guards his soul will keep far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And this verse was kind of personal to me because I I remember my mom saying, or maybe it was a sermon she heard, um, talking about this verse, like this is how we should raise our kids, like talking to my dad about it, like we should raise them up to where they won't depart from this good path, that if we produce a good path for them, they won't stray from it. Um, I think it's just important to realize like, the sooner I can get on the good path, the better it'll be. Because like we've talked about temptation, like it builds and builds and then we become numb to it and then we become numb to sin. And then it's harder to dig ourselves out of that the deeper we go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really like a picture there of what sin looks like. So like the sooner you can get on the good path, the sooner you can get um, an accountability group, an accountability person or whatever it is that helps you stay away from sin, whatever plan like the sooner you can get a plan enacted, the better it's going to be down the road, the easier it's going to be down the road. Mm-hmm. And I think like it's really good for people as leaders like to take that verse to heart just because it's like you, you want to be able to raise the anybody you come in contact with when you're a leader. You want to be able to raise those people and help them find the good path and not get led astray from that. Just keep helping them grow in that path. Mm-hmm. keeping them on that path yeah and I think it's it kind of tugs on the heart whenever you are a leader and like you've dealt with these tough things and, and like you've realized how detrimental it's been to your life and like you see someone who might be struggling with a similar thing that you struggled with in the past and you're like how can I help like how can I put my own experiences like to use um, and I think that's obviously showing us how we should do it like put them on the right path in whatever way it may be like everybody has their own individual way to get past sin I think sin is very personal because Satan tempts us all in different ways we've all proof of that in the way what we just talked about yeah yeah cool I don't know what's next yeah no you're good (laughs) I just know you guys are done talking um yeah so cool now we're gonna go into our prayer requests so as always you guys can send in prayer requests if you go to reachohio at gmail.com um, whoop, whoop. praying for you whoop, whoop. <laughs> you can also send in ideas about what we should talk about on the podcast that's really helpful and it brings about good conversation because the two topics that, that have been sent in I don't know if we would have just come up with those on our own um, so we wrote down some prayer requests um, so in a couple weeks we're going on our spring break mission trip to Piedras Negras, Mexico so be praying for us as we head down there for safe travels and for um, good relationships that we'll be building 
Um, we want to be praying for school and the midterms that are going on right now because those suck. <laughs> and we also have lots of seniors in Rock, and we're all like kind of freaking out over yeah. our senior classes. So <laughs> there's that. Um, and then since we have so many seniors and things, a lot of us have like job things that we're going on. Lots of interviews and lots of trying to decide what we want to do after college and just life plans. So we're praying for those. Um, we're going to pray for our Bible studies that are going on. Men and women's Bible studies are going really well. We've got a couple of good books that are going on and good attendance and things. Um, and then praise for our winter retreat that was last weekend. It, was, it went really well. Um, we got to hang out with our friends from all the different campus ministries. Maybe they got home safe and things. So, cool. Those are the things we want to be praying about. So, shall we pray? Dear God, thank you for just another day of life and just bringing us here today that we can talk about your word and um, be able to give insight to each other and hopefully bring insight to other people's lives that are, that are listening. Um, we want to thank you for this meeting that we have to be able to um, talk about these things and how cool it is that we can reach out to others through it. Um, thank you for um, just the the winter retreat that we had last weekend, how well it went, and thank you for um, all the new relationships that we've built there um, and help those to just flourish as we're um, apart from each other um, at different campus ministries and things, and um, just thank you for that. I also want to pray for all the things um, other than that that have been said just now, um, that your hand be in them, um, whatever your will is, that those things can um, just go well and to plan and um, just Thank you for being you, and thank you for um, another day of life. And um, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Cool. So, thank you all for listening. And keep watching out for our announcement. On oh my gosh! Yes, March first. <laughs> you need to get on our social Sunday, media. Right? Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. this Sunday. 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 <laughs> big announcement. We have a big old announcement coming up, and if you it'll be life changing. Uh, I mean, for house, certain people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, cool. We got lots of hints out there, so mm-hmm. be thinking about what it might be and be looking out for it. So cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Have a good day. Thanks for listening. Woo! Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs>